just as it happens, we bring it to your ears. The Federal Executive Council FEC on Wednesday approved 13 memoranda from seven ministries. The President has said the National Assembly will work with the Independent National the Electoral Commission. President Joss and other parts of Flatter State have urged the state... Current political news around you, critically analyzed and brutally discussed to keep you informed. Politics and how leaders have no, been... No, I said they should show I'm coming. I say I didn't They don't that. have. They don't have. Okay, I which I know they will not show you because they don't have. There is anthropological incline that is conjured with a lot of religion and social classes that is causing all of this. But I will say this clearly. Politics or politicians in code takes advantage of the situation. But it is... Join Ponsak Fanap and Gilbert Joseph on Nigeria at Sunset weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on J11.9 FM as we discuss political issues that affect our daily lives. there very good evening and welcome to the program nigeria at sunset on j101.9 here in jones my name is ponsak fanap uh, today is 8th of december 2022 gilbert joseph is here good evening how's it going sir good um not 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 so bad and um it's been an experiencing uh, a day filled with experience or experiences as it were well we thank god we're here and one of those uh, challenges life presents to us is to be able to make the most out of all of the area of involvement we have um, at our disposals. And I think that's what today has been all about. And what more can we say other than to be grateful to God? Yeah. Well, for me, Gilbert, I would say all of the time, um, what comes to my mind, you know, as a person, as an individual, as a human being is that, any problem that I go through, for me, it's... I don't look at problem as problems. I don't look at them as problems. I look at them as opportunities, you know, to think differently and to bring solutions to uh, the problem. You know, that's how I look, at, I look at it. Because whether I think about it, I do not think about it, I'm going to solve it. You know, so if I spend time worrying about it, that is, if you can solve it, you yeah, solve it. yeah, there are things you know inside my purview, inside my control, and those are the things you know that I go after. But problems basically are opportunities for you to grow and think differently as a human being. Uh, I've, you know, there's this song by I've forgotten, but Kiss Daniel was saying that you know, problem not the kill, you know, they the, you know, they kill person, okay. not person, they kill person. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Well, what stories have you been following today? I was taken by, should I say, Storm, two days back, you know, concerning the war on insurgency, especially as it regards the Northeast, with the story that filtered in about the Nigerian military carrying out systemic abortions on wives of terrorists that had reportedly taken in at some point. You know, and that resurfaced again today. From coming from no less a medium such as Reuters. And a lot of things just crossed my mind, Ponsac. Well, at what point does a human being have the right to live 
And at what point does a human person or human life potent a threat or danger? Especially as it regards to um, the society that we found ourselves in Nigeria here. Now, the point that I was pondering on all along was, should the sins of the fathers of those children who are yet to grace the surface of the earth affect or should the sins of their parents, their fathers here, affect them and their existence? Even when, should I say their, their existence or because they are yet to even um, come to earth? But unfortunately, their lives have been terminated. If the allegations or accusations are anything to go by. Mm. Although the Nigerian army has debunked that. And how is it that you would perform an abortive act on a woman without her consent? And endangering presumably the lives of two individuals, the mother and her child, and that's the case that you know Reuters has tried to point out. And I think before then, I read a report. I think it was from a vanguard journalist who is covering this um, particular development as well. And the insights he gave were quite alarming. And if it's anything close to the truth then it's so terrible. It's something that has to be condemned. And I think independent investigations has to be, have to be carried out by the Nigerian military themselves and the Nigerian government because yeah. this, is, this is not acceptable. acceptable. Um, I don't know, but morality, you know, has been... The church, if I say church, uh, the Catholic church, you know, have a stand on this. They will tell you that life begins at conception, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but scientists will say, you know, different argument if you uh, follow that. But uh, that is a very despicable act. Um, and that is why I don't... We live in a very hypocrit- uh, hypocritical society that is filled with ignorance. You see a child and you say, this child is out of wedlock. There's nothing as that. There's nothing like, you know, out of wedlock or a love child. Um, don't discriminate a human being who didn't choose to be born. Nobody chooses to be born. And so if, you know, my parents, you know, uh, brought me into the world the way, don't, you know, attach it to me. I didn't choose that. And people are in the habit of, you know, especially, you know, in in, in our society, especially in Plateau State. You look at Not just Plateau State. It's a thing of the North. Yeah. And I think there's a way it's called chicken shege. Good. Good. I mean, nobody chooses, even if... Uh, the your parents they got married in heaven. That is not. It doesn't make you superior to anybody. We're all the same. So if you always you know have this thing that you do, and for me it's a very nasty behavior. Mm-hmm. It's very evil, you know, for you to look at a human being and say that uh, you don't do that to human beings. Because nobody chooses, you know, how... Uh, what if, you know, uh, you are born and... I tell an example. You know Steve Jobs? Yeah, Steve Jobs, his father, the Apple his, guy. His, his, his father, you know, he's from Syria. He has uh, Arabian, you know, ancestry in him. And his father denied him when he was young. Did he stop, you know, Steve Jobs to becoming, you know, the one of the human beings that has solved human problems, you know, with these ideas and in technology... So there's, uh, we, we should think differently. We we shouldn't repeat, you know, the same mistakes that we've done in society and wanting a different result. That's true. That's true. Really, the last elections in the U.S. Um, 
Yes, the Obama. One, Obama, for was, example. Yeah. Good. Obama didn't have any, you know, uh, paternal relationship with, with his the, dad. Thank you. He, he never had... Thank you. He never had the privilege him? of... Yeah, you but get? for people to... And if you're in this position, nothing should stop you. And you know, I have personal stories to tell. You know, me personally. Me, my, my life personally. <laughs> Growing up, you know, mm. people think that... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just... I never knew what I was doing. You know, I was a child. One of those. Yeah, I, I was a child. And people judge me harshly. But for me, it doesn't... It, it, you can say whatever you want to say about me, but I'm focused on my goal. I know what exactly I want to do with my life. You know, that is how... And if you come to my life and you try to prove otherwise, I kick you out. I don't have any... Reserve. Room for... Yeah, for me, it's, you know... It's, such such Because tolerance. if you allow what people say get into you, not everybody who smiles at you once. In fact, I know that this is a fact. If, except for your wife and your family, the family that you are birthed, you know, into. But most of the people that see you, they don't wish you well. I mean, that's just the truth. Yeah, that's some hypothesis there, upon that. But like I was trying to say, the last elections in the U.S. characterized yeah. a lot, of, uh, brought a lot of issues to the front burner, and. The, the biggest problem, and since you've mentioned the Catholic Church, it was one of those people or one of those bodies and organizations that particularly raised issues of concern. In fact, the evangelicals also followed. Their biggest challenge was the sanctity of life, the sanctity of marriage, and religious liberty. Now, since this is the situation we're put, trying to put into context, why should, why should an innocent child, regardless of whoever his parents were, that's my focus here. Let's assume the army intends to do that or did that because they feel they have been birthed by terrorists. It's, it, that wouldn't define the lives of those children eventually if they are given birth to. And it doesn't necessarily amount to them turning out to be terrorists themselves eventually if they come to earth. So this is worrisome. This is really worrisome. And I think it was something, it, clearly that's a case of rights violation. Because the mothers themselves probably had no option. It was out of their control, right? Having to uh, take in for those guys. Because we have seen them take um, girl, ch- uh, is a girl child here, mm. captive, right? And then just, it, it, it could be one of those circumstances and not necessarily a thing they decided on their own. To, so when you are carrying out such an act on these people without their consent and without their knowledge, how does that solve the problem? It's a violation, the bigger, it's a the violation of their uh, clearly, right, yeah. clearly. So that's yeah, it. well, uh, what stories again? Um, well, Governor Yeson Wiki is saying that uh, okay, the uh, Rivers, uh, the government's Rivers State Government, has alleged that a plot to blackmail the uh, state governor over agitation by the G5 governors of the PDP. The state commissioner for information said uh, that any text in a uh, uh, publication. He said Faceless Group was behind a campaign of calumny against Governor Wike. Well, he said the Faceless Group was aggrieved that Wike led the G5 governors to demand fairness, equity, and justice in the PDP. Let me quote him very He said, this is the evidence of the plot to blackmail Governor Wike. This is a document and it is titled Proposal with Hashtag to end Wike's Rascality Program. We encourage them to remove their marks and show themselves as the governor 
and the government is equal to the tax of responding to them adequately. They can't even sign the document to push for this. It is important we want them. It is important we also warn Nigerians about the scheme. We expect more of them to come, but I can assure you that the governor and the G5 will rise to the occasion as they continue to start this type of campaign of calumny. Well, I don't know what you think about that. Or oh, let's play an insert and then we'll start the conversation with our guests. Well, let's play this insert from Ogidi Emmanuel, a chieftain of the PDP, who has said that uh, before January, the PDP is going to get its house in order. When we come back, we have guests and we're going to start our conversation. Stay here. It's not been easy. We're aware of that. Considering the, uh, the environment we are faced with today, there's so much uh, distraction. But uh, we're doing well. I was in Lagos on Monday. That campaign was very successful. I didn't know uh, after the rally. I was there going from Kafa uh, Balewa Square to my hotel. I didn't understand Lagos is still like this. I was in the vehicle for over four hours. And the, the cab guy said, oh, God, where are you from? I said, I'm not from. He said, ah. Then I remember Lagos is for Lagosians. So I, and I, when I saw the way our people responded, in spite of uh, uh, transportation issues, uh, I was happy. And uh, there's still room for more. We're, we're, we're moving. If you remember, we, we had a very terrible start, very, very bad start. But the tango were picked up. Uh, we believe that by the grace of God, by January, uh, there'll be a lot of improvement because we have really taken the bull by the horn. What about no. you? Okay, now, although the G5 governors have not um, endorsed any particular candidate, they've made it clear that they stand for Southern Presidency in 2023. And, of course, we know that part of their grouse with the PDP, according to them, is that they are fighting for inclusivity in the party leadership. Now, what's your take on their position, seeing that a lot of people, including several sociocultural groups, believe that it is actually the turn of the South to produce the next president of the country. You, you see, uh, most of us are real party men, uh, and then we beat our chest. Once the party has taken a decision, they have to go through the party. Uh, the G5 governors are there uh, doing what they are doing, but the good thing is that they are still in the PDP family, and I believe that one day by God's grace they'll be touched. You know, that tells you that they love this party. You know the. the, the you see, when you are really in love with PDP, yes, you have your, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, the disagreements here and there, but you still want the PDP to win. I believe by the time we get to January, you see a lot of changes. I believe so. I believe strongly. Because if they wanted to leave, they would have gone a long time ago. Yes, we're still talking with them. It's true, you can see outbursts. Like I said before in my interview, Governor Wike still has something you know, in him. Because he believed that he was supposed to win the primaries, be the candidate, because he believed that he has a lot to offer to the country. He is a very young man. <laughs> He has a lot. So it will take him time to offload all those things he has inside him. But I'm happy as he's talking. <laughs> I pray he keeps talking. As he's talking, he'll be, he'll be releasing the tension from... Because he's trying to heal from the inside. That's why he's talking. So I believe that from next year, there'll be a lot of improvement. I believe so. And, and speaking... You know, you see, our... We're glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fanap. And my name is Gilbert Joseph. Good to have you back here. Well, uh, we have an aspirant of the uh, Labour Party. He's seeking to 
I serve the people of Just North Basa Federal Constituency. Uh, Honorable Danny, Daniel Asama is here with us. Good evening and thank you very much for coming, sir. Thank you, Ponsak and Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, well, talk to us about the engagement, you know, in Abuja. Uh, for me, the Labour Party, when they came, Gilbert, they said, we know they give shishi. Yeah. But Peter Obi has come out to say, no, we they give shishi. You know, so, is, 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 you know, I mean, that's what he said. He said that some, some days P- ago. Ponsak, I'm not arguing it. Okay, <laughs> but I, I I saw your official, you know. <laughs> well, well, talk, well, talk to us, you know, what has changed? Uh, I learned that he had a meeting with you guys in Abuja. Uh, what was some of the outcome of the meeting before we touch base with me? I'm telling you the truth. Um, Peter Obi is a blessing to, to Nigeria, and I will tell that to anyone. And uh, like he always said, as, as our principal, um, there's evidence. You know, it's our, check the records always. So when he said, let me address that quickly, when he said, we know they give shishi, you know what it means, it's in context. He, speak, he was speaking in context, it's still in context. I will, not, I will not print a poster without paying the person that printed the poster for me. I will give him money. The give shishi that we mean, you know what it is. We don't want to, we, we will not buy votes. Oh, buy we will not vote. buy people yeah. conscience. We will not lure you with money or give things that will make you want to vote for us. We will speak of our credentials. We'll speak of our antecedents. We'll speak of, of our past records. That's the currency we're using. So when we not give shishi, we're not giving shishi in terms of tender to buy you or to lure you. But we can give shishi for service. But in the Southwest, there have been allegations that your party gave out some monies to support us. Um, how true is that? Well... I would not stand here and tell you that I have a party that came from heaven. And uh, if a Labour Party will give one shishi, then the other party must have given a million shishi. So we, were, we are just trying to, like, I will tell you sincerely I'm a realist, and you wouldn't tell me that Labour Party doesn't have a dent. But in the society of the blind, the one I mind is a king. So no matter how bad Labour is, it's the best among all. That's what I want to tell you right now. All right? Mm. Okay, uh, how about the outcome of the meeting, you know, you had with the... It was, yeah. it was amazing. Um, His Excellency Peter Obi is still a great person. But do you, do is, you honestly uh, feel that, uh, because the, the accusation on him is that he doesn't campaign for uh, any governorship uh, candidate, any other person seeking for office within the Labour Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think somebody... Yeah, it's stay, more like It's more like one him. One man show, yeah. you know... Uh, well, that's what they might think, but that's not what it is. I, I, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Perhaps he's... And then, just to cut you short, his last visit to River State adds more credence to this. Um, when they attempted to trade some horse with the governor of River State, and then he said he was going to speak to his party hierarchy to see what they could get from Rivers, and then what you know they could give back to Rivers. You don't want to sincerely believe that the present president is in good terms with all his governors. That's not a reality. We're speaking of reality. I tell you, Labour Party, myself, Peter Obi, and everybody, the people I know in Labour Party are realist people. You don't expect that Peter Obi is going to be in terms with everybody. 
There may be one or two reasons he has a, a grudge with a person, and he may work the grudge before it gets to a point. I do not believe that he's campaigning for only himself. Peter Obi, for occasions I've heard, he had, he had campaigned for Labour Party generally. He speaks and speaks Labour Party. He speaks and speaks it over and over again. At least when he came to Plato, we know what happened. He was with Dakum all through. So, I mean, you don't, you don't, I mean, people will have their grudges. He may have an individual uh, misunderstanding or something that he had with another person, which could be a candidate for governorship or any other position, he's entitled to that. And by the way, Peter Obi is a different Nigerian. He is a true patriotic Nigerian. He might be doing it because he knows he doesn't trust the person. And, and I think for Peter Obi, I will tell you sincerely from the polls I get from this man, he is more concerned about Nigeria than any person. So he's more concerned uh, about But they're saying that he thinks that only him can fix the country, which our society... He does not want. believe only him can fix the country. He is not vying alone. He has a campaign secretariat with people he has employed. Yeah, but it seems campaign team the, the campaign team are not... Uh, look at the likes of Doi Nokupe, who has come out with really interesting uh, things to say, you know, about... Uh, in the negative right now, about Peter Obi. And uh, Peter Obi seems to be losing the Southwest, you know... Uh, with all of what is going on, you know, in, in, in the Southwest? I do not necessarily believe that. Like I said earlier, individuals and individuality difference from party. I'm looking at a candidate and what he holds for a nation. Peter Obi will not be a president. And why am I here? I'm here because I'm vying for an office to support what he's doing. That would mean that we will support what he's doing. He's not going to come to office and all of a sudden he's going to do away with the three arms of government and he's going to have only the um, executive that is going to be functioning. He cannot function alone. He has a vice that he's working with. That's the beginning. He has a vice that he's working with, and he's going to campaign all through with the vice and other people. He has a structure. He can have – there are internal rancors. You can, have, you can have issues here and there with people within the party or within the campaign team. It does not mean that the campaign team is not moving together. Doyin was there when I was there in Abuja. Together, we're all together. We're sitting on the same table. They were talking with Obi. I was there. So it's not like they're like – killing each other or carrying arms against each other. It's something, it's things that happen, there are internal things that you could sort out. And you know how it is. The world is eavesdropping things. And they could hear things and they will bring it on the front line. Like I said earlier, and I will keep saying that, in the society of the blind, the one-eyed man is a king. I'm not saying Peter Abi is an angel. We are not bringing you an angel. We're bringing you a person who is willing to make a change, okay. who is willing to dance with the tone of what the world is looking at, let's, who is willing to call a spade a spade. That's the difference now. Yeah, let's, let's talk about multidimensional poverty and uh, Plateau State. I give what if you recall, Dr. Dagom Dang told us the GDP per capita in Plateau State is not more than 5,000. Yeah. I, I think it was It was quoted around 3,000. 3, yeah, around 3,000. Uh, you are... I mean, your job, you're a youth worker, you know, let me put it Mm -hmm. that way. Talk to us, you know, about in Plateau State, for example, what deliberate policies would you like to see uh, the government undertake to reduce the poverty burden that young people, you know, face? Uh, Lack of job opportunities, Um, even for those who are into small businesses, people don't have money, you know, to patronize, you know, their business Talk to us about multidimensional poverty, and w- what um, uh, what uh, what will I how will I put um, ideas you know so priorities you set you know for anybody that uh, becomes governor of the state next year. 
See, um, I define poverty as inability to nurse available resources for prospects. That's my definition of poverty. You need to repeat that so that some... The inability to nurse available resources, resources for prospects. Okay? You can say it for positive prospect or for developmental prospects. Yeah. So the inability to nurse available resources for one's prospect, for a person's development, for a person's good... That is poverty. It could be in the mind. It could be physical. It could be resource poverty. It could be mental poverty. It could be any kind of poverty. Now, this is the first thing we need to understand. I call my campaign movement the galvanizing movement. This is to bring people to the reality of who they are. I, love, I like the saying in Hauser that says, Russian Sani Kazata Kwana Kandami. Which means, literally, you have all that it takes. You just need to wake up to the reality that you have all it takes, and this is what I have, and this is how I can make it work for my good. So, for example, when, when we talk about Nigerians in general, including Plato State, maybe Plato State more exclusively, you know, we are very, very brilliant people. Everybody knows around the world. We are brilliant. We are hardworking. We work a lot. And I, the statistics should remain, even amongst all of the travails, all of the troubles, the turmoil in this country, Nigeria is said to be one of the happiest countries in the world. Before. Because it, it used to be before. Oh, come now. on, Prasak. No, on, no, Prasak. no, check the data. You the, know. You know, no, it's not about the data now. I'm talking about the reality. Yes, the data. The numbers but don't we are not. Yeah. We, but we are better. We used to we be are, the happiest people in the do world. Do you know right we now. are happier than the people in the U.S.? Do you know that at least? Yeah, well, so, so I, I don't yes. think so. I don't think so. So, no, you don't understand what I'm I saying. don't think so. This they don't have banditry. They don't have Boko Haram. So, they don't have poverty. So, amongst all of that, how many people do you have hanging themselves that they want to die because they are poor in Nigeria? Or they want to die because or they're going to you know, run, or shoot themselves on the head with a gun because they are, they are, they know, are, they are ill. It's mental illness. No, so what I'm saying. People here are still thriving. We're people, communal, you know, so we depend on each other for survival. Yeah, whatever you call uh-huh. it. But that collectively makes us a happy people. Because tell you what, in every situation, very dire situations, Nigerians make jokes out of everything. And they get to laugh at least so they can go to sleep. I'm trying to say that we are very creative people. We know how to make things happen. We know how to make things happen. This is the truth now. I think the multidirectional that every kind of government has to look at is to look in all spheres, the three spheres of life. You need to look at the mental person. You need to look at the spiritual person. And then you need to look at the physical person. You know, I think the Nigerian mindset is geared towards short-term earnings. There is the delayed gratification that people need to learn. You need to learn how to accompany your hard work with patience so that you will do something that will be for prosperity, that will be for future gain, that you don't have to get it immediately. I think for Plateau State, for example, we have a lot of resources. This has been said over and over again. Even Peter Obi said it uh, during my last meeting with him. He said... Sincerely, Plateau State has a lot that we can get from agriculture to entertainment to sports. You talk about it. We have some of the most enlightened people in terms of sports, even entertainment, even, um, uh, even agriculture. What are we using all that for? I will give you, for example, I propose for this present government that we can plant 50,000 50, apple seedlings on the Plateau. Plateau, Nigeria, import 40,000 metric tons of apple every week from either South Africa, Egypt, or both, or Israel, or whatever. Just apples. And look at how much we, 
we, we are consuming for other countries. Plateau State can produce that fruit. We can do that in large quantities. Some of us had the knowledge of how to do it. We call on the government. Can you subsidize this for farmers? Can we start growing apples? How about berries? How about um, uh, coffee? How about these things? Can we, these assorted things that only grow on the plateau, can we put the youths on this? Competitive advantage. Yes, and there are people in Nigeria. In fact, our young people are willing to get their hands dirty to make money out of this. I'm telling you, how if much you subsidize now, people now, would do it. When, when you raise these sort of concerns, the problems with government is they have got a thousand and one excuses to proffer. But uh, let's be realistic here. Agreed that um, it may not be all rosy for whoever that is in the affairs of governance. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy undertaking. Mm-hmm. And I think you would also agree with me on that. But how much excuses should the citizenry take from government? You know, I, I don't think there should be excuses. I think we, we just have to push the government to channel resources well. I said poverty is inability to nurse resources. The government is, doing, is putting the resources in the wrong places. For heaven's sake, you have to invest in things that are productive. That's why I like Peter Wabi, for example. He said we need to go out from consumption to production. No, we are, we are consuming. We're just consuming, consuming. We need to start producing. I mean, as a government, why will I be importing things? Why will I be investing on things that I'm not going to get a return of investment on those things? Anything that the government is investing in, this thing must bring a return. I cannot just do stuff that I'm not going to get a feedback from. If you plant an apple tree in the next four years, it's going to start fruiting. I'm going to have money from that. If you start some kind of business venture as a government, look at what is happening on the plateau, for heaven's sake. We barely have industries that are functioning. The old new, the old NASCO, the NASCO, the, the steel rolling mill, all those things. Companies are going south on the plateau, and the government is barely doing anything about it. Look, as a government, I don't know why the government cannot lease things out. Look at Plateau Hotel. Look at Hill Station Hotel. These is that an hotels. indictment these to their are, proposition that they have been able to return peace back to the plateau? Well, returning peace is relative. It's relative. It's still relative on the plateau. You know what I'm saying? There are places still you don't want to go on the plateau. There are times you don't want to get outside on the plateau. I will, I will tell you that peace is relative. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that peace is absolute, not even on the plateau. But we are enjoying some kind of relative peace for right now. But that's not all we need. We need to, to harness the peace with something. I'm giving you a critical example. You can list things out. You can, you can lie us with people. You can give out things. You can say, hey, look, I know investors. I personally personally no investors that can say, I want Plateau Hotel. Give me Plateau Hotel. I'm going to fix it and run it for 10 years or 50 years or whatever. Get into some kind of agreement with people. Let them fix the state. Do the same with all the factories you have. If you can do it with people, you can even, even if it is foreign investors, there are people who are willing to invest in this state. I am telling you that sincerely. And Dr. Patrick Dacum knows that. That's one good thing I'm happy about. He knows that because I liaise with him closely. And I know he knows it. We will open the state to the world and tell the world that, look, you can, you can grow apples here. Rather than you importing let's, apples. Let's, come cast, let's cast our minds back. Yep. At some point, the governor has traveled uh, right overseas mm-hmm. in the name of attracting, I mean, on bogus bills, bogus budgetary allocations, mm-hmm. in the name of bringing investors down to Plateau. Mm-hmm. Should Plateau people be looking in that direction, um, that leaders have got to necessarily leave the shores of this country in hunt or search of investors to come down to Plateau? That's what I'm saying. We're not holding our leaders accountable. You know, the democracy we are practicing, it should be full. We are are practicing a half-baked democracy. 
You know, we borrowed this democracy from the federal system. of a, It's an American democracy that we borrowed. And we borrowed it and mixed it up and took it halfway. We did not take it complete. For example, we don't have electoral colleges. We get to vote any kind of person into government. Hoodlums will vote a hoodlum, whatever. You know, everybody will vote their own. And then we don't even sensitize people. We don't even gauge them. We don't, we don't have electoral colleges. We have everybody by population, by numbers, people get into offices. And then you, you get into office and people don't know how to follow the hierarchy. I will, I will tell you the truth. One time this thing happened on the plateau and I wish it could happen again. Governor Lalonde was called back at some point when he was a member in the House of Assembly. His people called him back. That's what I want to see, even though he got, re, he got his way back again. But that's what I want to see. I want the people to stand up for what it is, theirs. And, and talk to their representatives and their executive for it. For example, you travel to Brazil, you travel to China, attracting investors, talking to them about Plato. What is the outcome? You need to give us an outcome. Where is the scorecard? What happened to that? We need to, but this is a legislative matter. But let's be particular. Is, is it even necessary for a governor to leave the shores of Nigeria? Is that the only way to sell the state out? I'm, I'm not Must the governor leave the state? It's not the only way, but it's one of the ways. I, 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 let's not just, um, let's be sincere to the government. Sometimes you will want to do that. Sometimes you would want to go out of the, it will, depending on the situation, for the most of it, you could do it from inside. But there are situations that you will need to get out to do it. I will tell you sincerely, I think the government have the tools that even if it is going the outside, it's not about going outside. If it brings back the return, the ROI, where's the return of the investment in this? If I'm going out for a million naira and I'm going to bring 50 million back to Plato, I'm going to go out. If I'm going out for one million naira and I'm bringing one million one hundred, I'm going to go out. If it's going to bring some money, I'll go out. It, it doesn't matter whether it goes out or not. What I'm saying is that it should bring some kind of return. People on the plateau should see an investment that is bringing returns, that the price of plateau is growing. Let me tell you, if any state in the world, in Nigeria, should have any kind of poverty or any kind of, it shouldn't be plateau. We are way, we are way blessed more than that. The resource, I'm not talking to you even about the solid minerals. Like, I, I, I looked at the statistic, it was 75, they said 75% of our solid minerals on the plateau are intact. They are not taken. We are here yelling and shouting that Manchester City was built from money from tin on the plateau, which I don't know exactly if it's true. But even if that is true, what is happening to the tin? Is this is this still not there? The football club, you mean? Is this, I, I don't know. Is this still is this still is the tin not still there? We still have the tin. We still have Columbine. We still have all those mineral resources. They are still buried here. Can we look into how we can do that on a commercial quantity and on an ecological friendly way? and still make money out of that. I was listening to a lot of um, um, inserts that from the other time about uh, some other uh, presidential candidate. I don't want to mention names here. He's talking about some mineral resources that are gotten from like other states, including Plato, that we can export and make big money out of it. What I'm saying is we have way, way a lot on the Plato that we cannot be hungry. I'm telling you because I know Dr. Dakum and I know what he has. And I know we speak about these things with him. I know what he could do for the state. It is not about uh, the rank of government, the rankings and what people are feeling. It's about what, the, what is the antecedents of the candidates that you're talking about. Permit me to say, I know what he has done. He knows how to attract this kind of stuff. He has done it. We know, you know his record. Like we always say on Labour, in Labour Party, check the records. Check the records of candidates, of what they are able to bring to their people. Dakum had gone to the U.S. and other places to be able to attract things for Plato. 
and for Nigeria, and he yeah. has done it. We believe he can do that again. This is what yeah, I'm but thinking. you know, until the people, court case, we, we have two people contesting, you know, governorship. Apparently, you can, apparent, apparently, you can hear what side I'm talking from. Okay, yeah, but but two people are saying that my own, that my own, and I know who's truly sincerely has this place because I am part of what. No, the court is yet is. to decide in, in December. Well, so we will wait for the court's decision, but until then, I stand with Dakum. Okay, let's open the phone lines uh, in case just you uh, you uh, you tune in. We've been having a chat with uh, Honorable Danny Asama, and we're talking about a lot of different issues. Uh, you can join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Zero eight one two one eight seven 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 seven, or you call zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. And on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash JFM Live, and on Twitter we are JFM Just. Before calling, you have to turn down the volume of your radio or you turn it off completely and then you tell us your name and where you're calling from. Let's take the first call. Hello and good evening. Hello. Yeah, thank you for calling. We're listening to you. Uh, yeah, I can hear good you loud and clear. Good evening. Uh, well, the issue of Labour Party BMB to be, we are not going to go faster. We said it is the best But if you look at the book of Proverbs 18 to this, you will find the wife. I find the new thing. Nigerian Party is very strong. Let's touch ourselves. Look at transparency. We are going to find that out. But it has come along. It doesn't talk lie. It's a matter of conscience. I was supposed to have a point of view. What did they say? It doesn't have a point of view. Look at what happened. And it kept us talking. It kept us talking. This is where we go. The problem I have is to develop with that energy. That's the energetic, that's the device in technology, that's the private highest, and the other people are talking. What people have said, I would say, I've never said it manifest. For instance, from social to promotion. And the way you learn this in the vulnerable segment, we are going for promotion, life must be there. Everything is for promotion. Don't believe it, it's not government. But you may be disappointed, it's only not. Begin to wrap up your thoughts, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you for calling the show. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. What's for now? Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Thank you very much. Good evening, Gilbert Joseph. Good evening. Thank you, your guest. Your face is part. Meanwhile, by your topic and the area of conversation and concentration, 
they flag their arms, especially from the national level, that is the presidential flag their arms. Leave me alone. I have confidence in only one person. The way some of them are attacking each other as if they are going to vote themselves or declare themselves as the president of the federal government in Nigeria. Nigerians are going to decide. Nigerians are going to decide. Some of them, some of them are saying that it's their turn. Of which is very unfortunate. Is that all about democracy? Is that how we go about democracy? Leave me alone, Professor. Nigeria is very, uh, I mean, uh, democracy is very skeletal in Nigeria. The way they live, they call themselves elites. And even the democracy is very, very unfortunate. Meanwhile, you know, at the governorship, yes, as far as I'm concerned, because two people will decide. The time is now. We must join our hands in transforming Nigeria from consumption to production. And the time is now. All electorates, eligible electorates, to prepare themselves. We can make mistakes that will make 2015 again. Nigeria used to prepare their PVC, get their PVC intact and do the needful. And now, of the domination, they want to come again. What will, what especially, what will APC tell Nigeria? Yeah, well, they didn't tell 2015. Begin to wrap up your thoughts, sir. We, are, we don't want to, to hear anything from APC again. I will urge Nigeria to prepare to uproot APC to the next level. God help this country. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for calling. Uh, okay, Gilbert, maybe you have us take some comment on social media. Okay, Stanley Asi is saying on Facebook that Peter Obi is the best candidate for Nigeria. And his prayer is Nigeria will be great again under Peter Obi's administration. Nen Tok Nen King is saying, Good evening, sir. By all standards, Peter Obi remains outstanding and the best candidate for Nigeria given his issue-based campaign, while the others keep blaming themselves and exchanging hate-based campaign. Okay. God bless Nigeria. Great program. Thank you. Really appreciate Dimas Bala is saying, by all standards, Tinubu is not fit to be the president of this country. It's really unfortunate that someone who wants to be the president of this country cannot answer simple questions. Instead, he delegates people to answer for him. Should Tinubu win this election? Are we going to be governed by proxy? APC supporters should be ashamed of themselves. May Tinubu never happen to Nigeria again. Okay, again. You say, Peter Agnes says, Good evening, Posak and Gilbert. Let's be honest, Nigeria needs a political and God-fearing man to lead Nigeria out of this bondage we have found ourselves in. And between APC, PDP, and Labour, I think the only saviour is Peter Obi. Jacob Palm says, Good evening, gentlemen in the house. For me, I think the electorate need to demand more because these politicians know that the people are not serious. That is why they have been taking the people for a right. Plato people, please, let's shun politics of tribalism, favoritism, pity and hate, and demand for good governance. Guyan Bako is saying, Good evening, P&G. Candidates vying for political offices really think they are leading uneducated masses. They are not addressing the needs of the people, rather doing what they want and force the masses to see the evil as the best. Sankira Marcos says, even in Ponsac and Gilbert, I think we should vote based on past records. What they are currently doing is not what the politicians are not going to do. Okay. Moses Daniel says, as it stands now, Nigeria needs a savior, a leader who will bring things to normalcy, a leader who will generate peace in this country. For this government, posterity will not forgive them. Felkuka Factors Go On says, good evening, Ponsac and Gilbert. 
they only address they only address it genuinely during campaigns the moment they are into office they become mad that was longer says peter obi is the right candidate to rule nigeria and i believe he is capable and able to save okay to serve this country and move the nation to the next level comrade dadon antiba says only one candidate i have confidence in among the presidential candidates some of them are campaigning as if they are going to declare themselves nigerians are going to decide who will serve them Beatrice Yusuf Giasses, though the aspirants may have outrightly spoken well, but that is not all. And Hausa Adich has it that by giring giring, okay, sorry, sorry, that's by tough. giling giling but I may call. Okay, okay, by giling but I may. All right, all right, thank you. But to Simon Davis says, "Good evening, Ponsak Gilbert, and the guests in the house. A better Nigeria is possible if we do the right things." Michael Joboy says, Good evening, JFM. I think it's high time we begin to enlighten the people on who to vote for. Julius Achigak Igama says, Good evening, Ponsak Fanap, Gilbert Joseph, and Danny Asama in the house. For me, some of them are addressing the issues and are qualified for the job. I urge good citizens of this country to vote LP for a better and brighter Nigeria. Howard Ibrahim is saying, Good evening, Mr. P and G and the guests in the studio. May Allah bless you and your entire families. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Howard. Godwin Jotex Korube Habila is saying, Sure, Dr. Nenta Iwada has reeled out the plant uh, that are genuine and doable. We can't afford to miss this golden opportunity to have a progressive mind leaders. Sunday Moses Evi Evi says, Good evening, JFM. Among the current three po- political candidates, only one of them I consider of producing a competent leader, and that is Peter Obi. All right. Yeah, well, uh, let's take phone calls. Hello. Hello, good evening, Pastor. Yeah, thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Tell us your name first. My name is Tukudi, calling from Malini. We're listening. Yes, uh, I also want to appreciate your guest, the governor. Um, please, can, can you quickly remind me the constituency you're actually buying for you want to represent? Uh, please, as if I make my comment. Just not Basa, just not Basa Federal Constituency. Okay, just not Basa constituency. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think my guess is right. But sir, I have a, I have a two questions for you before um, just a, a short comment I want to make. Uh, if eventually people of just not Basa decided to give you uh, the mandate of going to represent these people, uh, please on the floor of the House of Assembly, sir, how are you going to channel the issue of insecurity, especially at Basa? Uh, and um, secondly. Um, how do you intend to, like, um, uh, 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 be able to harness the numerous resources they deposited in that land of Basa? Uh, because uh, I strongly believe that uh, a lot of resources there is unharnessed. Uh, I'm taking you, I'm giving you this question, I'm asking this question because of, um, uh, you stated actually the obvious, by saying that a lot of resources are not in harness, and that is the definition of poverty. Uh, if I want to align myself with that officer, what are you going to do differently from what your predecessors or people that have been occupying those offices have been doing? And secondly, if, uh, on the issue of the Labour Party, you see, you cannot have a divided house going into the contest as such a couple of months now to come because um, the, the, the Labour Party is still in court. You have to work together as a team, work together as a people to be able to get what you want. When you get what you want, then you can be able to come back home and then share resources within yourself. So somebody among them, among the uh, governorship um, uh, aspirants, should step down for another. 
it is actually a way of coming together and making progress for the purpose of achieving this particular important election because yeah well rub like, up your thoughts so. yes, of now. yes yes one of the callers just said that we cannot we cannot afford nigerians cannot afford the game to allow it to be for another year it, it is not really possible that we have really turned this country uh, to shred and we cannot really actually get it again from this particular people called thank you thank you thank you thank you hello good evening thank you for calling Thank you for calling here. Thank you, Amuta. I can tell you calling about the track. Well, listen, thanks for calling. You see, based on what the guests have analyzed, all these things cannot come into reality without you. That is what we continue saying. That is the relative thing. If we want continuity, who will come and make it a sustainable thing? Without it, where are you going? Look at what Robin the last caller has said. If you don't invite the people in this constituency, if you eventually kill into it, how will Nigerians see your effectiveness? That's what we continue saying. Allow Nigerians to understand who they are. Let's keep our sentiments and emotions aside. We should be willing to accept changes. We should be trying to see how we can forget and sacrifice and move ahead. We have to stay together. Together we will make that okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. After this call, and then we uh, read out some tweets. Hello. Okay, 08121-877777. Let me read out uh, some tweets that you've sent. Uh, Moses Daniel is saying, it is so unfortunate APC regime is coming to an end, but nothing tangible to write home about. At least by now, Nigerians are wise enough when it comes to electing leaders. Aydele Agbabiaka is saying, Peter Obi is ready to build the nation of our dream come 2023. God bless your guests. Saul Yusuf is saying, just like the guest said, Peter Obi is and will be a blessing to Nigeria. He alone has what it takes to rescue Nigeria. The guest in the studio shows that the Labour Party is the way forward uh, next year. Ebele Tom is saying, we don't even want to, we don't even have what to consume. It is wrong to cla- classify our economy as a consumerist, in, as consumerist inclined because the prevalent state of poverty does not even make room for what to consume. Our federalism is not even federal in the real sense of the word. Vuang Pios is saying, we are taking back Nigeria, rational leaders uh, is what we hope for. God bless our beloved Nigeria and to the Labour Party guests in the studio. You are doing great. I see a leader in you. Okay. Please, Honorable uh, Asama, please go ahead and give your response. And then quickly just help us uh, to understand what the picture would be like in Labour Party should the case go, go either way. Um, because let's just get some clarity from that point. Well, let me start from the last thing you said, Gilbert. Um, I, will, I would not want to think about when the case goes the other way. Because we as a party also, we have a system, okay? We have a system and the system produced Patrick Dakum as the candidate. If a court does otherwise, we may have to go back to the party again and reset on the party and see what we want. The court cannot impose a party on us. The, the, sorry, the court cannot impose a candidate on the party. You should know that. The party can revolt and also have its own way. 
So I will not preempt on what the party will do, but the party chose Dr. Patrick Dacum, and if the court does otherwise, the court is not ending. There is plenty of courts, and then we can file in another case, and we can, as a party, we'll find a way forward. I will not preempt more than that, but we will find a way forward because we, as a party, we have a choice. We know whom we want. Okay, now to respond to some of those things these people say. Exactly. I think there is a lady on the tweet there that said we do not even have what to consume. That is a shame. So that is a shame that we do not even have what to consume. I, 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 that's the exact thing. That's what we want to change. We want to change this narrative. We have everything, but we are still hungry. When uh, this uh, gentleman called from Algeria, I think, he's talking about eventually I win. Of course, the galvanizing movement is all about sensitizing people. It's all about reminding people of who they are and what, what is theirs and how they can possess what is theirs. It's to harness people's thoughts and resources together to make progress. Let me give you an example, which is I'm giving it pro, pro bono, okay? Can you imagine if you um, – there are plenty of shoe cobblers. You can see a lot of shoe cobblers. You see a lot of people making shoes. You go down the street, you find four or five young men making shoes. Can you bring these five people together – to start a small factory of making shoes. Why are we doing it independently? We are not making progress. Can we come together and share and have shares and have a company? We call it a company and everybody gets from what he earns. What you put in is what you earn. You get the percentage for how much you put in. That's how companies are started in America. That's how companies are started in Europe. People come together to start companies because together you have strength. Together you can have bigger capital. If 15 people come together, they can start a factory to make shoes. Every, 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 per, every person's style is one of the styles that will be sold for those shoes. This, that is possible. We can do stuff, stuff like that. You can galvanize, you can harmonize, you can come together, you can, you can bring resources together and make progress. Those are some of the examples of the kind of things the galvanizing movement is thinking of doing. For peace, Peter Obi had said it clear. He's going to have three tiers policing. He's going to have a local police, he's going to have a state police, and he's going to have a federal police. And that is going to solve most of the problem of insecurity. Let me tell you, you know it. If you don't know it, the governor cannot even control security in his state. The security is federal security. That means the police is federal police. So he has to have consent from the federal to control even the police, except if he has good mutuality with the commissioner of the police, that police can volunteer to do stuff for him. But when you have... A, a local police, the local government chairman can have one or two ways about it. And he has guide. Do not tell me that he's going to abuse it. Don't tell me he's going to abuse it. He's going to have guide on how he's going to guide that. That's what America is doing. That's what, that's what we borrowed. We borrowed American system, but we take it halfway. That's my problem. You know, America has the state police. It has the county. It has the, the federal police. We should have that. You have that, then the president will not have to know. You don't have to wait for all these bureaucratic uh, channels to talk to the president when fire is burning somewhere. For, the, for example, when the, the crisis happened the last time in, in Miango, people were trying to get to the president or trying to get to the governor, but they can't. If the local government chairman had policing capability, he would have addressed the situation we, before we get to the governor. If it's bigger than the chairman, the governor gets in. If it's bigger than the governor, the federal gets in. We have some paramilitary organizations today. We have the hunters, we have the, the, the community policing, we have 
VGN, we can harness these people in a way that they're going to function and make Nigeria work. Okay. Security is a business that we need to really take care of. And All Peter right. Obi is really, really emphatic about that. Thank you, Honorable Daniel Asama, mm -hmm. for coming. Really interesting mm -hmm. conversation with you. Gilbert, mm -hmm. your final word. Yeah, Saudi Arabia has reported its first $27 billion budget surplus in nearly 10 years on higher oil prices. And Nigeria cannot account imagine? for a cobble, not a, a dam. <laughs> Congratulations to my friend Diana Augustine Mancha. Um, she's about to walk down the aisle. So I wish mm -hmm. her yeah. some bliss. Okay. Well, this is the much we'll take on the show. Uh, the news will come. Here. Okay. Yeah, for all the galvanizers, for all the galvanizers <laughs> out there, I really, I really cherish you guys. Everybody galvanizing, let's galvanize. Let's make this happen. Thank you, thank you. Well, this is the much we take on the show. Do have a good evening. The news will come your way top of the hour, 6 o'clock by now.